Oh boy, here we go. Another one. Uh, welcome everybody. <clears throat> this was a fun one. Uh, been out for a little bit again. Um, seems like this is becoming a habit. Don't, <laughs> don't judge us, but, uh, finally got Matt on the line, got him out here. We, uh, got a session started and as usual, I think it's becoming like part of our charm that we always have technical difficulties. So, uh, no video today, just audio. Um, and we just kind of went rampant. We talked about some fights, um, talked about life, philosophy, the good, the bad, uh, some movies and shows that we've been watching. The Joker, or Joker, there's no the in it, but you know what we're talking about. Joaquin Phoenix is beautiful. Great movie. I think you guys should uh, check it out. There is some spoilers on Joker. We, we kind of just went with it, so if you haven't seen it yet, you may want to glaze over that part. Um, otherwise, thank you for joining us on our 21st. Always a pleasure. And ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the show. Shut up. Big castle, I sue castle. That come Let the party begin. Your ears, you keep, and I'll tell you why. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, man. I'm so embarrassed. I wish everybody else was dead. You know, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but I'm really going to miss you guys when the show's over. All right. Back with more trial and error than ever. The Back and Bones Show returns for episode 21. Yeah. Yeah. 21. 21. And to commemorate our 21st birthday, I am drinking an Irish coffee. I'm drinking a raspberry-flavored seltzer water. Mm-hmm. Or as I like to call them, bubbly waters. Because it seems a little more innocent that way. Mm-hmm. Seltzer, seltzer just seems like there's something sinister to it. Can't quite put my finger on. What does the word seltzer even mean? I don't know, but it's usually associated with those uh, flowers that clowns wear on their chest. And I don't like being duped by clowns. Is that what they're called? Yeah, seltzer, they're seltzer flowers? No, they're like seltzer water. And they're, you know, cause they shake them up. They have like the, the oh, canister in their, under okay. their breast pocket. Yeah, I don't like clowns. You know, I nev- they never really bothered me too much. I mean, I still find a creepy clown pretty creepy. Mm-hmm. But I don't have like a clown phobia or anything like that. What were your thoughts on it too? Yeah, it sucked. I hated it with really? passion. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember you talked to me about it. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked to yeah, you about yeah. it on we, here. We might have talked about it on here. I, I watched it. I didn't think it was that bad. It just it wasn't scary at all. No, it was just the same. It was the same thing as the first one. It was just like it was. It was very bland. But there was one critic online who was describing it, and I think it was the perfect description. They said it's not really a movie as much as it is a series of like vignettes. Okay. Pretty much, if you like look at it, that's what it is. It's like 
one dude, one of them, one of the kids or one of the adults will get chased by it for like uh-huh. 10 minutes and then it goes on to the next one. It's like, right, it right. just kind of cycles through that over and over and over. It was pretty much, oh, let's, uh, let me make an adjustment before we continue. All right. We just took a break there for a second to uh, change some settings on the recording software so that we don't get any uh, audio dropouts like we normally do because we care about you. Anyway, uh, you were in the process of describing your, your vignettes. Oh, yeah. It, it's just like, yeah, it's like a series of vignettes. Um, it's not. It doesn't really feel like a fully fleshed out comprehensive movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like they just tried to cram too much into one thing. It seemed like they got a really... Um, seemed like they 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 had some uh something to say in this movie as well uh-huh. with like a lot of a lot of forced out of place uh gay stuff like <laughs> yeah like what? making bill Hader like secretly gay but never really like never really confronting it at all they just kind of throw it out there and then the scene and at the, the beginning scene in the, the very movie, beginning <laughs> i was talking to two of my gay friends about this mm-hmm. and uh I asked them, I was like, did you guys think that was, like, as, like, silly as I did? I mean, it was just so stupid. And they were like, yeah, that was so fucking weird. Like, it was, it was really that? It was really out of place. They were just like, yeah. they just wanted to throw that out there. Like, we're a progressive <laughs> just, movie, and we yeah. side with the gays. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah See, that's like, an example of really poorly. Because if you can actually, like, tie it into the story somehow yeah. and make it, like, important. But it just, it didn't even tie it, into the story. It, it was seemed, just, like, yeah, it seemed shoehorned like the, in there. It seemed like that's what they were going to try to do is make it relative to uh, Bill Hader's character mm-hmm. by, um, because they were, t- they were like, showing shit. It was, like, his uh, his awkward interactions with other young boys when he was a child. Right. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then uh, it chasing him down going, he's like, you have a secret. Right. I know your secret. And I was like, all right, wh- how's this going to, how is this going to unfold? What's this going to come to? And it just didn't. It just, that was no, like, we're just going to leave it at never, that. Have you ever seen Friday the 13th part two? The gayest horror movie of all time? Um, God, I want to say that I have, but I can't think of it but, specifically. But, we may have talked about it on here. We may not have. I don't think we have. Basically, all of Friday the 13th Part 2 is a giant, like, coming out of the closet story. Sweet. And it's not even subtle. It's very, it's a very, very gay movie. Was it Jason coming out of the closet? or? Wait, did I say Friday the 13th? I meant Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Yeah. So was it Freddy Krueger coming it was out Freddy of the closet? Kruger. No, no, no. So Freddy Krueger <laughs> was trying to get the main antagonist to come out of the closet. Really? But it, it was oh. weird. See, Nightmare on Elm Street 2 is weird because you have part, you have the first Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. which deals with, you know, Nancy getting chased by him, like the right, main, right. you know, uh, the final girl. And then you go to part two and it's got nothing to do with the original characters. Mm-hmm. It's just this gay kid who's obviously gay uh-huh. and Freddy's just like torturing him. Um, and then you get to not? Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three: Dream Warriors, which I loved, and that's where Nancy is like I, grown up and she's that, a counselor now. So it kind of so that's like, just a sentence that I never expected to hear come out of a person's <laughs> mouth. Nightmare on Elm Street Three: Dream Warriors, which I loved. You didn't like Dream Warriors? That movie was so cheesy. I, I liked it's it. Cheesy, I'm not but, gay, but you know, it's, it's, it's so the right kind. Of, it's the right kind of cheese for the era that yeah, it I came guess, out of. I guess. I guess. When Freddy uh, turns himself into a TV screen and he like pulls the, the nurse's head I, into the TV, it screen. always reminds. I always remember him as like the giant worm in the house. Yeah. From that movie, that's the scene that always comes back to me. Um, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street: Dream but Warriors. You, so, right? if, but if you guys 
want to look it up, go on uh, YouTube and type in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 gay and you'll yeah. just see these Dude. clips of all the gay moments i mean there's it's an insane it, it, it's like worse than top gun there's i know an insane it sounded like he was like trying to make a joke there but he was dead serious i'm looking at his face <laughs> yeah and there's there's a there, there's a ferocity in his eyes like <laughs> it's, a real well it's like ex- purpose he wants you to know how gay this movie because people people are genuine i've showed it to people before and they're like holy shit how did i not know about this it's genuinely like pretty shocking like and I didn't even know about it until, um, and I used to have all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets, the entire series on like VHS, and I just never even thought about it. I'm, but I'm certain I've seen it. I know I've like marathoned well, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies before, when, and when, I, uh, I I just don't I don't recall. I may have been like a little too young to catch it, like you were talking that, that's about. That's what but... I think it was. And then when I first realized it, though, there was a, they did a documentary on the Nightmare on Elm Street series that I think's on YouTube, mm-hmm. where they they talk about it. And then I was like, holy shit, I never we, knew that. But there's we a didn't scene... know what we were doing. We were on a lot of coke back then. Well, well like. All right, just to give seemed you... like a good idea at the time. <laughs> just to give you guys a few examples, like there's a scene in the movie where the main character gets his he's in the shower and he gets his shorts ripped off by Freddy and he's getting like spanked on his bare ass. Mm-hmm. And then there's a scene where he walks into a just blatant gay bar with mm-hmm. like dudes in leather chaps walking around and oh, yeah. like there's an, there's uh, he keeps wanting the kid's afraid of falling asleep, so he keeps wanting to stay the night at his best friend like Tony's house. Right. And he doesn't want to stay the night at his girlfriend's house. And his friend's like, yeah, you got a girlfriend and you want to sleep over here with me. And like, there's just like <laughs> lines like that where it's like they're, you know, they're telling you. And I guess what ended up happening is the, the kid who played uh, the antagonist. Okay. A bunch of the producers the on the movie. Yeah, the main character of the, the movie. The protagonist. The protagonist. Yeah. Yeah. Freddy. Like the kid who played Freddy Krueger <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Uh, Turns out. <laughs> so the uh robert england i guess a bunch (laughs) of the producers and stuff were uh also gay and they purposefully made it that way they came to find out later on that's what i always like think when when that message is so forcibly inserted into a piece of media without it really being relevant right it just kind of like it's like whenever you watch the um uh whenever you watch the uh american horror story they always have like gratuitous excessive like homosexual like themes to the situations that are not really like they're not tastefully put in they're very forcibly inserted yeah you know forcibly inserted (laughs) no pun intended man that sounds rough yeah exactly yeah my ass always hurts after i watch that show (laughs) did you watch the last season um the 1984 no one. i kind of i watched like one episode and i just I, didn't grab my attention so, so i kind of moved I, on i've never watched one season of american but as i've said before on here i'm like a huge fan of the 80s genre of horror mm-hmm. movies so when i saw they were doing 1984 i watched that season and i actually really liked it a lot mm-hmm. because uh it kind of almost reminded me in some ways of like the cabin in the woods like yeah. it, it really segues into something that you're just totally not expecting that's kind of what that show does is it always like it starts with one kind of simple horror theme and then it just gets completely like blown out of proportion and then just a bunch of weird shit happens right and um yeah kind of subvert your expectations yeah exactly and a lot of the times it's it kind of gets really stupid yeah (laughs) uh like I think like the hotel one was 
got kind of out of hand and got pretty stupid. The um, I think like the first couple ones were really good, like the uh, the asylum one. That That's one what was I really heard. Good. Yeah, I never saw that, um, but I've heard it was really good. The very first one, the haunted house one, that one was really funny. It was just basically a bunch of uh, ghosts trying to have sex with Dylan McDermott. And he was just trying Dude. not to cheat on his wife, but all these goddamn ghosts want to fuck him. Dude, Dylan McDermott is hilarious in he's, the 1984 season. His he's, character. He's just a goddamn hilarious person. He's got a funny voice. He's got like a, he's just a funny dude. Um, have you seen him on, um, have you seen him on the campaign with, no. um, with Will Ferrell and, uh, Zach Galifianakis? No. He's fucking hilarious is on he? that. Yeah, he's so good. He's like the, uh. I've seen that like, movie, but it's been forever. Yeah, he's like so. the PR campaign manager. Oh, okay, yeah. I have seen that. Yeah, I have seen that. I remember now. Yeah, that's a that's a great. I need movie. to go back and watch that. Um, he, uh, Emma Roberts, who is the uh, like the lead in uh, American Horror mm-hmm. Story 1984. Mm-hmm. I saw her like a week before that show came out. I was on the same flight as her, and I didn't even realize it till later on. Yeah, she seems like you probably wouldn't notice that it was her. No, she was sitting. <laughs> well, it was on our flight to uh, when we went to New Mexico, mm-hmm. and Ariana pointed her out. I didn't even notice her. She was like, "That's Emma Roberts right there." I was like, "No, it's that, not." That and could I just be anyone. <laughs> she was sitting in first class, and she was just yeah. like this little chick in like overalls. Yeah. But then, like, I thought. I guess after I finished the season of, of uh, American Horror Story, I got curious. So I was like, I'm just gonna creep her Instagram and see if she happened to be in Santa Fe the mm-hmm. same weekend we were, and she was. Lo and behold, which means so that, that, that... And she was wearing the same yeah. overalls she wore on the plane. And then, on our way back, Colin Hanks was sitting three rows ahead of us. Sure. Famous... Which, you know, And you know, I just watched Orange County again. Yeah. It's a great movie. <laughs> I snuck a picture of him, too. I don't know if I have it on my phone. Those are also two people who, literally, they could be anyone. See no, no, them no, no, anywhere, no. and Co- Colin Hanks, you would have been like, you would, you would have been like, that's fucking Colin I don't Hanks. Know about I know that. that, dude. I'm telling you, dude. Ariana didn't notice him, but like, you would have noticed him in a heartbeat, because mm. he was dressed kind of like Hollywoody, you know. He had on like, like a hip, like jean jacket and a fucking scarf and Is that, all that bullshit. I mean, that could be just as much like Portlandy. It was kind of Portland. It was like Port. It was like Hollywood hipster or Portland. Look, here right. he is right here. Yeah, that could be anyone. No, it was him. I'm telling you. <laughs> I looked up his Instagram too. He made a post from there. I remember. There. I remember you. You told me about that. <laughs> he was reading a book right there. Looks like he's taking a nap. He was on the verge. Yeah, must not have been a very good book. No, it looked uh, rather boring. Right. Um. Hey, How about, let's talk about uh, these fights that just happened. Uh, that fucking kid who got that twister, I didn't I didn't look his name up. I don't remember. Oh, Bryce uh, Mitchell. Yeah, well, fuck, he's going to be famous. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, the final season he yeah. was on there. And he did really good. I think he lost his final fight because he, like, gassed out. But he was one of the guys. Like, you know how there's always a guy on the Ultimate Fighter mm-hmm. who doesn't win, but you're like, that guy's going to be yeah. really fucking good? <clears throat> he was, like, that guy. Right, because he was uh, he was by far one of the most talented ones, but mm-hmm. he just didn't have a lot of experience. Yeah, that guy. He I I didn't really get to see the fight very well. Uh, I was working, so I was just kind of like, you know, like washing cups and staring up at the TV. But I I caught the uh, I caught the twister. Mm-hmm. Setup was beautiful. He locked it in super tight. It was a very clean twister. And it was the second one that's ever happened in the UFC. Yeah. 
I don't know if it's ever happened aside from the Chan Sung Jung fight. Uh, I don't think it has. In MMA at all. No, it definitely hasn't in UFC. They, they yeah. even mentioned that was the second one ever. But I don't even know if it's happened in MMA at all. Like, he, I can't think of it. Hey, that Bryce Mitchell kid, too, he's fucking batshit crazy. He's from the South. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick was telling me about that. He's mm-hmm. like, he's... He makes yeah. like he hunts. He eats squirrel. He hunts squirrel and he like eats like gator. Fucking he made he made. I remember on the show. I think he made Daniel Cormier like a gator tooth <laughs> necklace or some shit. And he uh, he actually ripped his nutsack before his last fight. I think I'm I remember. Sure. No, I think I remember hearing about the guy on the on that was on the Ultimate Fighter that ripped his nutsack. Yep, that was him. I, I heard about that. Uh, we talk a lot about fighters getting their genitals <laughs> mutilated on this show. Well, you like know, to just call a, attention to that. Important topic that <laughs> it needs is. to be discussed. Well, it needs to be exposed. Again, yeah. no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so, what was the other? I don't even. Remember. What the fuck was the main event last week? The main event remember. was Overeem and. Oh, uh, that's that, right. That, Jesus that, Christ! That big old. So, uh, what's his name, dude? The Surinamese fighter. Rosenkirk or Rosenkirk uh, or uh, Rosenstrike or Jared Rosenstrike. 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 Yeah, so, he punched such a huge hole in did you watch that whole fight i did so work slowed down so i was actually able to focus on the fight and here's what broke my heart about it overeem really fought that fight well he He fought very smart he fought he was patient but he was also he was tactical and effective he took his time and he and he was winning that fight on points. That, Spent twenty five minutes. Where, that that's a hard loss because yeah. Overeem was cruising to a victory. Yeah, and uh, and then in the last four seconds, four seconds of the fight, was that the latest five round stop? Was that the latest stoppage? And so it was the third latest stoppage of all time for a five rounder or just in general for a five rounder. I think oh. or maybe in general. I don't know. That might have been the latest for a five round. I don't know. I remember it said un- under the fight it was the third latest. Uh, the third latest um, yeah sounds about right finish I mean that was fucking time. that was cause I sat through that whole four fight four seconds left and look I'm not telling you guys to sit through the whole fight cause it was not the most exciting no, fight in the world it, it was a it but, was a uh, it was a masterful performance by Overeem it was a good he did, perfor- a, he did a great int- job if you followed Alistair Overeem's career it was a very interesting <laughs> fight to watch right because you get to see it was really a display of like how his fighting style has evolved mm-hmm. um but I've always kind of believed that he didn't just evolve his fighting style uh, just out of pure fight IQ. I think he did it out of necessity. Right. Because I think that he knows that he can't take a... He's been KO'd a shitload right. of times. He has, he has no chin. He yeah. And that was exactly what I was telling people at work. I was like, this Surinamese dude has a cannon and Overeem has a glass chin. So. Yeah. And it's a shame because if Overeem would have fought like that his whole career, he might have been able to save himself from he quite might a st- few of those knockouts. Yeah. And he might be because he still fights really, really well with like a really high IQ level. Yeah. But I just there's a certain ceiling that he's not going to be able to push past at this stage in his career because he just can't take the punch that you need to be able to take it heavy. Right. That's kind of the most important factor with Overeem is he. Yeah. He can't take a punch, and he's. I mean, he's in the hardest hitting division in the sport. There's so many guys who can just put your ass out in yeah, a coma. The, well, and that, that was a clear example of a fight where uh, he clearly was like light years ahead of the other guy. Just a way yeah. better fighter. He showed a lot more skill and a lot more patience and a lot more ability to execute a game plan. Um, and he took himself out of danger a lot. He was keeping himself yeah. in like relatively safe places. 
And Rosenstrike had nothing to offer him on the ground. He was yeah. useless from his back. He was just laying there. Even, even on the, up until that point, even on the feet, he wasn't doing anything. I mean, Overeem right. actually hit him with some pretty nice body kicks. Yeah, some a couple really straight, nice yeah. straight rights. Or... Really nice overhand rights. Yeah. Some uh, some straight rights. He was he was catching him with like uh, the the very end of his punches a lot. He was he was using his distance really well, and then just God damn <laughs> that yeah. that punch he hit him with that was the worst like, lip cut that dude, was that that was worse than mcdonald's i think i think it was or worse no the Lawler, Lawler's, Lawler's, yeah. yeah i think it was worse because it looked like fucking it was, roast beef it was bigger it was it was shredded it was the same cut but bigger it looked like somebody took a fucking uh i recommend a hammer it. to yeah. his mouth dude i recommend if you haven't seen it uh go go online and and look up over lip cut because that gash is like well, the craziest thing and like you said it wasn't robbie lawler's cut was a clean slice yeah. it looked like somebody took a knife and yeah. sliced his lip Overeem's looked like it exploded yeah it looked like somebody jammed some Ugh. c4 in his mouth and and set and, it off well like, so what's crazy too is like he Overeem is a fucking street fighter character because he's got that gnarly scar yeah. on the other side of his face from that bar <laughs> fight he got into and now he's going to have this crazy yeah. scar going up his lip. For sure. Like, he literally looks like a real-life Street Fighter character. Yeah, everything about him. Like, his build and everything. He looks like... Could be, uh, like, Balrog or something. I think he <laughs> should uh, say, fuck the UFC. And um, once his contract expires, go back to Japan and start getting all roided out again. I think just... he needs to... Uh, I think he needs to get back on that uh, Japanese super soldier program that he, he was on. Yeah. Where they were force-feeding him you know steroids right? yeah look at have you seen vitor lately he's no but I, I heard he's, i heard he's juice he's, monkeyed out again yeah, i heard good. he's trt tour again yeah i mean good because you know what to me i look at it like it's two separate markets all right everybody knows that fucking there's some shady shit that goes on in japanese Dude, there's MMA, the superhuman market there's yeah, the, there's, they like there's the superhuman to them, they don't look at they, they i mean they appreciate a fighter's skill in japan but they also appreciate the the freak well, show aspect aspect of here's it and, the thing Okay. Real skill is a combination of your ability to output physically and apply the techniques. Yeah. And the truth of it is, you're just never, ever going to have a natural athlete who can apply the techniques as effectively as a roided out monster like Vitor Belfort. No Vitor Belfort was ever going to be as good as the one we got because we got the one that was juiced to the gills. Yeah. If he just used his real natural god-given athleticism and skills he might have been a great fighter yeah but he wouldn't have been the phenom <laughs> no no and he's i think vitor uh, i mean that dude's probably been on steroids since he was a teenager mm-hmm. so i don't think vitor ever even really fully developed without synthetic hormones so I think when he went off of him in UFC, his body was probably just like, what the fuck? So, this isn't right. <laughs> like, I don't know how to be an adult anymore. Yeah. What the fuck did you do to me? Yeah. Because, I mean, he was very obviously, like, even back to his first UFC fight, he was oh, fucking. clearly. Yeah, so. But also, that another point that I like to make is, like, when I talk to people about people using steroids in sports like this, it's like, what he had steroids don't give you that no for sure like, that, they might uh they might uh they might bring know, it out of you bring it out a little yeah. bit but yeah no you're but, still not gonna be like vitor yeah. belfort if you take like, fucking yeah n- nine times out of ten i don't give because a fuck you can get, guys on steroids you can be on steroids and you can get maybe maybe 
you could get jacked like Vitor. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Most people not. Yeah. Maybe you can, but that doesn't mean you're going to have the same fast you're, twitch fibers yeah. that he's got. You're, you're not going to be able to move like him. No. no. Like, ster- steroids kind of, like, in a lot of ways don't scare me that much because it doesn't turn you into that kind of animal. It, I mean, it, yeah. it ups your aggression. It ups your well, your and, drive. To, and, and you fought some dudes that were probably for sure. I definitely some fought fucking, some guys who were You fought steroids. some juice monkeys. And, and that <laughs> shit don't scare me. It, it scares me when they're, when they're a lethal weapon like Vitor and right. they're juiced up. Then yeah. it's like, all right, now <laughs> we're crossing some lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's that's already somebody like you know, that's that's adding like rocket propulsion to like a fucking to a grenade to a razor blade or something already. You know, like I don't I don't need that extra weapon on there. No. Um. So how about this weekend's fights? Uh, I'm gonna be at those. Okay. So who's fighting this weekend again? So t- is, this is the big uh, Colby Covington Colby versus Kamaru Usman. Yeah. Jermaine Durandamy versus Amanda Nunes. And then uh, fucking Max Holloway versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. And then Uriah right. Faber versus Peter Yan, right, which right. that's like a fucking... Because that Peter Yan dude, I don't know if you've seen him fight. He's fucking good. Uh, that's going to be a rough rough fight for Faber. I don't, I don't Faber. remember who I, who I saw. He's him a little fight, Russian yeah. fucking dude who's okay. on a streak. And um, then Jose Aldo is fighting uh, Marlon... Uh, Marlon uh, Moraes. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty excited for that, even though Jose Aldo looks fucking sucked up yeah yeah well he went down and wait dude yeah like. well and he did it here's what i like he did it the right way because yeah. he dropped a muscle mass right he, he which is he good dropped his actual body yeah he, he dropped his actual like, body like, weight he he's not slowly over but time. He, but but irregardless of that his face still his face still looks i don't even know if i use that word right that's, that's i swear to god that's the first time ir- i've ever said it ir- irregardless irregardless <laughs> is not a word <laughs> is it it's just it's regardless <laughs> Well, regardless of that, um, <laughs> his face still looks really sucked up, though. Um, in the picture I saw, at least. Yeah. So, so it would seem. Because um, he's not a small. He wasn't dude, a small one forty. He was a big one forty fiver. He was yeah. a solid. He he would have been a solid one fifty fiver. Yeah. He was a good sized one fifty fiver that was fighting one forty five, and he was having a really hard time making one forty five. That was like where a lot of his problems were coming from. He, you could tell and, the type of weight that he lost is the type of weight you lose when you go on a long-term planned out diet mm-hmm. and additional aerobic work right i mean he shed some serious and, muscle mass and great that's that's totally fine but i don't know if that's gonna actually benefit him in the end for the for the fight yeah and I, that, you don't, you don't a... really know how someone's gonna perform when they change their body composition that no. much and i got a bad feeling about that fight for him because uh, he's fighting Marlon Moraes, who's mm. fucking lightning quick with his hands. Yeah. I could and easily see Aldo getting pieced up. He's on the he's a banger, dude. Moraes, yeah. I mean, people. Hard. His last law, his last fight was a loss to Cejudo, but people, you got to remember what he did to Cejudo leading yeah. up to that. He was fucking. Uh, even before, the, the before ref, he gassed, he was exactly yeah, he was putting work. And I don't remember who Cejudo. the ref of that fight was, but they said what whoever the ref was said that that was the fastest he's ever seen two guys. Uh, box each other in a yeah. fight in his life. I mean, they were so fucking lightning quick. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, so that's a r- that's that's a rough fucking fight for Aldo to be yeah. welcome to that division too. But I'm sure it's going to be. But he an is Aldo, one. so you he's, know he might uh, he might go down there and he's he's a legend still in action. You know he's yeah. uh, he, he nothing to take away from Aldo. No. Um, but that's a good fight card right there. That's a solid. Uh, 
that doesn't have any of the standout, like, you know, Diaz, McGregor's, mm-hmm. or anything like that, but it's just a really no, solid it's, card it's, top yeah, to bottom. It's overall just a solid card. Uh, I think uh, I think Amanda Nunez is going to smash Jermaine Durandamy's face off. I hope she does. Off. I really hope she does. Jermaine Durandamy is one of the few uh, fighters who, ever since that snafu where she won the title and she basically refused to fight Cyborg. Right. And, I just kind of lost some respect for her after that. <laughs> yeah, which but... I hate saying that because hey, you know what? If I was a fucking woman, I probably wouldn't want to fight Cyborg either. True. I mean, but I get it. <laughs> how can you not root for Amanda Nunes, who did fight yeah, Cyborg I... and fucking demolished oh, her? I was gonna say, so... dude, if you won't fight Cyborg, why would you fight Amanda Nunes? Exactly. <laughs> like... That's the crazy thing, right? Are you out of your mind? That is the crazy thing, um, dude. She's gonna fight Nunes, and Nunes is a fucking. Nunez is a destroyer. She's one of the few, like there's, there's some, and this might sound kind of like sexist, but there's, there's a handful of, there's only a handful of female fighters who like, you know, that can hit like a guy. Yes. I know that's where you were going. So there's a, there's a lot of female fighters like a, like, let's say like a, um, I don't know, like a Holly Holm or like whoever, right? Misha Tate or like a, where if they got into a fight with, I'm not talking about other male fighters. I'm just saying a street fight with a dude. They're going to, they might not KO him, but they're just going to piece him up and then Mm. eventually tap him out. Amanda Nunes is one of the few fighters who you're like, she could knock out like 99% of the people walking (laughs) the planet. Yeah. Male, female, whoever. Reasonably athletic, you know, 200 plus pound dude. And there's a pretty good chance she's going to fucking knock him out. She hits so goddamn hard. Yeah, she hits freaky hard. Yeah, and like you were saying about there being just like a handful of a handful of girls who can really like hit with that style. I think she's probably the hardest hitter of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But like the girls who can really hit like throw punches with that sort of um like almost testosterone fueled looking kind of like way that right. man throws a punch. Yeah. Uh, well, she's got those think, shoulders. Yeah. Dude. Her shoulders are fucking broad. I can only really think of a couple, and I th- I think like Jemima Batrian is one of them that stands out. And she's like, or, she's who, a who's the boxer Ann Wolf. Have you seen her? Oh, I haven't seen Ann Wolf. Oh no. man, she's fucking, um, she's mean. Yeah, I, but I mean like in MMA though, there I don't think there are any. Yeah, I think I've seen very her. few. Um, most of the girls who are really good elite strikers in in the women's division, volume strikers. Yeah, yeah. You want to? is a great example of that. She like. She has a distinctly different style from like a uh, heavy wind up right. power striker who can like lay your ass out to the canvas, but the way she fights is so brutal. Yeah. Like, so when I, uh, back in a couple months ago, I went to Florida and while I was there, I went to the UFC card and, uh, it was pretty cool because it was like, I knew I was going to be in Florida and I just, <laughs> I saw that they were doing a UFC fight, and I was like, wait, is that in, where is that in Florida? And it was like an hour from where we were at, so mm. we drove to it, and it was just Joanna versus Michelle Watterson is the main event. Oh, great, yeah. And, uh, yeah, dude, it's crazy seeing it in person, the quality. And there was a couple girls on the undercard who were in the same weight class, mm-hmm. and it was like back and forth, but it was kind of a snoozy fight. Yeah. But then Watterson and Joanna come out, and just the difference mm-hmm. in – just being right there and seeing it, the difference in quality right. and the speed and the effectiveness no, those of their are two, striking, yeah. it's like... Those are fucking, two legitimate, like, yeah. actually high-level strikers yeah. in the division. And it's really nice to see that, that that sport is growing, that you're starting to see a lot more uh, women in the in, in the uh, 
in the women's division who actually are elite athletes and yep. elite performers because we just didn't have that no. for very long like we had a lot of people we had a lot of like they when when women's mma was first getting pushed it was like there was only like one elite athlete in the sport and that was yeah. like ronda rousey and it was like yeah it was she, very uh even back to uh even if you go back to when gina Carano yeah. was fighting she was freaking really tough yeah. for that time period, but she wouldn't really last too long today, I don't think. I think there's a lot of there's girls, girls I she think, could beat. I think there's a lot of girls still in the sport that she could beat, yeah. but that she wouldn't be once a she got, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like Once she got into the upper echelon, she would probably yeah. get pieced up I a think little. she would still be a successful UFC fighter. Yeah. I don't think that she would be a contender. Yeah. I saw an interview with her the other day for the... Uh, what do you call it mandalorian tv show yeah she's saw, on that yeah i saw that episode um i forgot how she's so pretty she's so she's like like gina carano is like a real like, mean, amazon woman like she is fucking, yeah she's like buff and hot <laughs> it's weird yeah uh yeah dude i never thought ronda rousey was hot i think that it was like really funny like what people would say like to to talk about her in a, like a sexual way, just to, like to be funny, like Ro- <laughs> like Ronda aroused me. Rousey. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, well, it was very uh, forced with Ronda yeah. Rousey. It was like she very obvious like, that they were. She looks like a beefy Julia Stiles or something. Yeah, like... she does. Wow, I never thought about that. She does look just like Julia Stiles, <laughs> huh? Yeah. I don't know if oh, that matters. It's just a screen screensaver. Oh, okay. We might we may be losing volume right now, but let's just keep talking. Um, yeah, so what do you think about that main event, Kamaru Usman versus Colby Covington? Um, the, the just the buildup and the outcome and like yeah, you know, it, it, but it, it sets the stage for a lot of things, but, like everything that's coming in the future. But well, what I will say though, what I don't agree with the people out there, like Kamaru Usman's being favorited going into this fight. I don't have him as a favorite. I actually have got Covington as a favorite. You kind of ha- well because uh, people are saying that well Usman hits harder, but it's like yeah, but does he though? Who is he? He hasn't KO'd anybody. No, he hasn't KO'd anybody, and um, I just like I, I just look it, at the I, I'm more impressed with the rap sheet that Kobe uh, Covington's put together. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, if you really look at it, like he's had the more impressive, way more impressive uh, fighters. Yeah. yeah, and I think people just like don't like him and the shtick that he does, so they kind of want to root yeah. against him and think that he's the underdog but i don't really don't think he is i well i was gonna say uh when it when a matchup is like this close you kind of have to you kind of have to go with the champion as the uh but then i thought about it and i was like he's the interim champion yeah and he, he never lost he his never belt. lost his belt and he, he arguably like he had just as a just of impressive yeah. of a road to that point as usman did yeah in my in my uh in my opinion he had a more impressive one um right like because he had more, like, marquee names on his... Yeah. Uh, I mean, to be fair... Uh, Usman did Usman go in there beat, and beat yeah, Woodley. Beat Woodley. But you know what, though? I think Woodley that, looked like shit, Yeah, dude. I think he that like... Colby... I think Colby would have embarrassed him just as bad. Yeah. I think it would have been the same thing. I think Colby in that... Like, if, if, if Woodley performed that way in a fight against uh, Kobe, I think Colby would have, like embarrassed him i think he just would have ran right through him yeah i think so too i think it would have i think it would have been very similar to and these are totally different fight styles but just build up wise i think it would have been very similar to chael sonnen versus anderson silva one except for minus the triangle minus joke. the triangle at the end <laughs> yeah but i mean uh, you know very similar type thing yeah. where people would have just been like holy fuck i didn't yeah. even know you know i didn't see that coming yeah, yeah. but uh that's gonna be cool 
that's what I'm most excited for about seeing that mm. fight is seeing that live, like just the audience reaction. Yeah. When like it's gonna be so fun because Colby Covington comes out to Kurt Angle's music and the yeah. audience chants "You suck." Like that's gonna be so much fun. Kurt Angle was like one of my favorite pro wrestlers, so it's like I get to live vicariously through him. And, and he chant was that. an actual, and he was an actual legitimate Olympic level wrestler too. Yeah. So he was. But he's got that, that going for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, hey, that's that's small. That's, that's, that's small fries compared to what he did in fries. WWE. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. So that is the big things going on in the next upcoming card. Uh, very exciting. It's gonna uh-huh. be just a good, solid card. Like, I mean, my I my only thing with that fight is I don't think it's gonna be that like exciting. It's gonna be fun to watch from a technical it, aspect, like being, but that, as far as just skill goes, but I don't think it's gonna be. A, I I agree with you, but there is the rare occasion when you get two really boring fighters. When it nullifies each yeah. other and they're and forced they, to have yeah. like an exciting fight, so I, we can't land prey each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's ba- that what that is what happens a lot of times is like you get two guys who are on paper very boring fighters, and I think what everybody is anticipating is a bunch of wall installing and yeah. fucking you know I mean, mediocre that, striking I, and yeah. and that happens in reverse too. You get two yeah. really exciting, really dangerous fighters, yeah. and like they end up like just becoming really boring. Yeah, you get like. Uh, What's his name? Uh, Black Beast and uh, and uh, oh Derek Lewis Derek and Lewis Ganu. and Ganu. It's like yeah, there's two. Sucked. That was like the worst fight of all time. Uh, man, and that was the one. I think part of it too was just the buildup where people were like, you know, somebody has to get. There's no way this fight. Is, <laughs> and that's what I was thinking too, though. Yeah. They're like, there's no fucking possible yeah. way this goes past a round. Even if only one punch gets thrown, it's putting someone yeah. to sleep. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty shocking. Yeah. So anything can happen. But uh, speaking of hard punches, did you see Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder KO uh, Ortiz a few weeks ago? No, no, I heard about it. Dude. But I didn't, I didn't watch it. This fucking punch, it looked like he exploded a bomb on his head. He punched That's him Wilder square does. on the forehead, <laughs> and you just saw all the sweat explode, and he just went... <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I... I never thought I would see the day when there would be a dude who could hit as hard or harder than Tyson, uh-huh. like that level. But goddamn, that guy hits probably yeah, harder. It's, it's hard, and to he's say, total man. opposite too. Total opposite, build wise. Yeah, yeah. You know, totally different types of leverage in their punches. Like just, but fuck, man. Oh, man. His his whole record. I think he's only had one fight that's gone to decision. Yeah, he's only had one fight. KO'd everybody. Yeah, one fight aside from the uh, Tyson Fury fight. So right. Was, he was like, oh, so I think it was his first fight versus Ortiz that went to. to yeah, to I think that decision. was the one. His first fight with Ortiz went to decision. Um, he is a fucking freak. The way he punches. Yeah. I don't get, and he's not even like he's like super duper tall, and he's really light for heavyweight. What is he like two fifteen or something like that? Yeah, I think he's. I'm th- pretty sure he's like six seven or. I think something. he said. I think he told Joe Rogan that he weighed two twelve for his fight with Tyson Fury. Yeah. And I think yeah, I want to say that he said he beefed up a little bit for his last fight with uh, Ortiz, but he. I don't think he was that much bigger. Maybe yeah. a couple pounds. Probably not significantly uh, bigger. He doesn't need to though. It's like what's the point? Already, if yeah, it's working. Yeah. Don't fucking. Yeah. You know? it, it's effective to be light if you can put that kind of power behind you, like because you can move. You're yeah, light because and typically, and... well, and typically, if in a heavy, if somebody's gonna move up in weight, the only reason they're gonna do it is for the added strength and power. 
Right. And it's like, if you don't need that, if you're the hardest goddamn hitter of all time, well, he's why never, touch your weight? He, he doesn't have a history of having trouble being, like, bullied. So no. aside from aside from the actual power you're going to get with just hitting harder, uh, picking up weight as a boxer is going to help you to have ring control. So, like, yeah. if somebody's, like, putting their weight on you and pushing you around and bullying you into a corner, if that's something you're having problems with, yeah, you might want to put some weight on so that you have something to kind of push back with. Yeah. But he doesn't have that problem because if somebody tries to bully him, he'll just knock their head through their asshole. Yeah, he doesn't. Then... Guys are, it's, it's very obvious when people fight him that they're a little gun shy. They're afraid to bully him because he's got the ultimate neutralizer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and he can knock yeah. you out well and he's... he doesn't get tired. He could do it well into the 12th round. Yeah. You know, like there's just no and i do think that uh i had fury winning their fight i do think that on paper Mm -hmm. like on paper in a boxing match fury clearly won the boxing match but if they were fighting on the street fury would have been dead right because when he (laughs) knocked him out (laughs) yeah with that fucking fucking, bazooka he would have just jumped on him and fucking so that's why i'm I'm okay with them you you basically just said that but i'm just you know reiterating as a just considering the fact that it is a contest with with rules and everything but yeah you never really let go of that little you know if these two guys were fighting for a sandwich can't really <laughs> yeah, say he got the sandwich he kinda, he they were trapped on a sandwich. desert island <laughs> he's getting a fucking might, coconut smashed yeah, over his dome exactly. after he gets i think that i truly think that wilder will fucking i think demolish jo- joshua i think joshua is the least of the three kings but yeah, he is he still is. one of them I yeah mean, he's he's still in the game yeah and i think fury too fury would uh i yeah. think fury would take joshua. i think yeah i think fury would but, uh, box his ears in and i think wilder would knock his head off so i just uh, i just like as a fighter i like what fury or what uh what uh well fury but also i like what wilder wilder represents mm. it's like you know joshua is kind of like the the um He's the guy that they're pushing, you know, the guy, the right. pretty boy from the UK that the, they gave him the easy yeah. route. You know, fucking Wilder is the dude with the that chiseled, perfect body. Exactly. Looks like a Greek yeah. god. And Wilder like, is this fucking southern dude who fucking started boxing later on because he, he had a daughter. Like in his 20s or I mean, something. he's like yeah. the true American, like, fucking success story, yeah. you know? Like, I'm not like an overly patriotic guy, but that's one of the few things where I'd be like, yeah. That well, guy just, represents America. He to me, he's just like that raw badass, like right. almost diehard kind of hero. Where he's just like, yeah. he's, he's like, like a real life Rocky, real, real fucking good at knocking people out. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. He's just a guy who was born with a fucking crazy god given talent. He's been touched by the fist of God. He really has. I mean, that's as close to it's as astonishing of a story as you're ever gonna find. It's like a superpower, really. It is. Yeah. He's like a guy who was born with a fucking superpower and he's he like, like a Falcon Punch. He reluctant, he's like a Falcon yeah, Punch. That's he, what it is. he reluctantly had to use it and it's, like It's like I'm it's never crazy. gonna be rich unless I start using my superpower yeah. to knock people out. Or like one punch man. Yeah. It's yeah, like, he's one, like one punch It's man. like, you know, when people ask one punch man like how he got so strong and he's like ten kilometer run, one hundred sit ups, one hundred push ups, one hundred squats every day. And that's like when people ask Deontay Wilder, when did you start boxing? like five years ago or whatever people are like what yeah like that's the same type of reaction you're gonna right, give right. this guy because i couldn't believe that when he said it on joe rogan's podcast i was like what i th- i figured he was like some sort of fucking child prodigy yeah. that that's what you would think yeah when you see somebody but, fight like that but, but i think that's there's something about that though that's very appealing 
to just everyday people because hey, try not to bump that thing because oh, that's sorry. gonna that's gonna make sounds on. Oh, okay, listening. okay. Mike's gonna pick that um, up. In this day and age, you know, like you, <laughs> I think more and more you're thinking that, you know, every athlete who comes out of the next generation is going to be some prodigy who's been from the time we're, they're a young we're chi- just kid. So, we're just so used to that now. It's yeah. Like you think and it's, well, I, I had that thought when I was, when I was like a little kid and mm-hmm. I was like getting into MMA and I, and I wanted to like, I, and I would have like thoughts about someday fighting and everything. And then I would watch these uh, professionals. I'd be like, all these fucking Brazilian dudes are starting training when they're fucking three years old and shit. Right. And then I got into wrestling and I would see these people who were like Americans or like they've been wrestling since they were like three years old. And I was, and I started thinking about it. I was like, man, I got into this late. Yeah. And now like in retrospect, it was like, no, I've been doing martial arts my whole life. Well, but, and, but there, but there's like, arguments. There was a, something I was listening to or a book I was reading where they were talking about how that's actually, if you start something really young like that, it can be a detriment. I know as well. cause you get burnt out on it. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of like, that was kind of where I was going with it. Is like you start seeing that as like people stop giving a shit, right? Because they've been doing it their whole lives. Yeah. So it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of like something you would think, as these sports develop and people start uh, getting their kids involved in them younger and younger, it's it's gonna breed this whole new level of super athletes that are way more advanced. But it may just be breeding more jaded people who are yeah, not I, as into what they're doing, and I we're agree. still gonna have the same kind of like the same kind of like uh level playing field where guys like uh wilder can come in on their first year of boxing and become fucking world class well and i think what it is with a lot of people is it just depends on the personality type like i think certain people have like x amount of years at like peak performance you know where they can compete at the highest level before mm-hmm. they get to a point where they're like, you know what, man, I'm just not fucking feeling it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, this is it. I don't want to do this. Um, and I think it just depends on the, the person, really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, people can start late and really pick it up, you know. Sometimes it really depends on their trainer, you know, like, uh, like your wife. She, started, <laughs> she, her, she got herself like a really, really, uh, really good Muay Thai trainer. She's she's so looking pretty heard. sharp, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Picking up real quick. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, we posted that video, and I got I got like my DM started blowing up off the off the. Well, hook dude, with, that's yeah. yeah that's she looks a, really good. I I appreciate the hell out of her fucking doing that little video. Yeah, she's yeah. uh she loves it too. Yeah, well, I'm I'm stoked about it because she's uh she's very receptive. It's really funny. She does like. She does these little things that are like big peeves to me as a trainer, and I yeah. always call her out on it. She'll be like, "I'll tell her something, I'll explain something." I'll be like, "Now we're gonna do that," and she'll do it all fucked up, and I'll be like, "I'm like, no, 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 you need to do this." I'm like, "Do you understand?" And she's like, and she'll look at me and be like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna work on it." I'm like, no, yeah, no, I'm just gonna work just, on it. No, no you're, you're not just gonna work on it. I'm gonna fix it, and if you yeah, don't understand, this is I mean, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I told her. I was like, "That's what we're doing here." Yeah, so I always um, have to like cut that shit out with her, but she always gets it though. She's she's a she's an apt pupil. Yeah, that that reminds me of um, sometimes I'll have like clients. I had a client the other day who <laughs> she was having some uh, neck issues, and um, she she has like uh, she's went to the doctor to get checked for like rheumatoid arthritis, and they didn't find anything, but she has a lot of joint pain, mm-hmm. so. 
um, I was I told her I was like, well, let's take a little time just to learn a little joint mobility routine that you can do on your own just for daily maintenance because she always feels a lot better when she does that. So we're doing this routine, and one of the parts of the routine is some neck mobility stuff with mm-hmm. a little bit of neck strengthening. Mm-hmm. It's nothing crazy, just some like basic rotations and flexion and extension and stuff like that. But <laughs> after one of our training sessions, she comes to me and she was like, um, is there anything I could do just the, the, the fat on my neck to reduce that? And she goes, I've just been taking a towel lately and I've just been I'm still bumping. Oh, sorry. I've just been taking a towel. It, man. <laughs> I've just been taking a towel lately and I've just been patting it on my neck. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, just to help get rid of the fat. I was, like, a where, I was like, where have you heard that patting a towel on your neck gets rid of the fat? And she was just like, oh, that doesn't work? I was <laughs> like, no. I was like, if you want to get rid of the fat on your neck, you already know what I'm going to tell you because I've told you a million times. Uh, get rid of the fat everywhere else. Yeah. So start taking your diet more seriously. Exactly. And um, she and she was just like, People oh, don't like well, to hear that she shit. was like, I knew you were going to say that. And I was like, yeah, because it's true. And she was like, uh, Dude, people don't like to hear and then that. She shit was like, well, wanna... I just I've noticed that since we started doing the neck exercises that I've gained a little bit of fat here. Moments like these, I can't even <laughs> I won't quit my job. <laughs> I really fucking do. Like, I just, yeah. just like, man, like, really? You're telling me this? I was like, Liz, I, I told her I was like, look, I promise you that doing neck exercises, mobility routines is not having it's having zero effect on the fat on your neck i promise you and then she was like no i'm telling you even my husband noticed i was like if you're getting more fat on your neck it's from your diet not from your mobility (laughs) routine like just like jesus christ well here's there's a little uh there's a little like i want to use the word paradox but that paradox is a little too strong of a word it's just kind of a uh this this thing that people do when they start changing their workouts or increasing their workouts or like a lot of the time people will add something to their workout and they will without realizing it their appetite will change and they'll compensate for the extra workout that they're doing with what they eat i do this but i'm i i keep aware of it because yeah. i'm trying to control my weight usually when i'm in training but i it, that's what kind of uh, caused me to notice it in the first place so a lot of the time people will get in better shape from working out or they'll get they'll more healthy weight. but they'll gain weight they'll yeah. gain fat over their over their, their gains because I've, Yes. Yeah. I've had not, a lot of people do that. Yeah. Because um, the, but they need to because you need to be cognizant of what you're putting into your body, not just what you're expelling with your workouts. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and she. I mean, this is just one example, but I mean, it's just one of those ones where it's like, holy shit, just silly, <laughs> silly fucking stuff. Well, it, we've talked about this before about um, people not. Uh, like listening when we yeah. when we train them like we're the professionals we're the experts yeah and just because you don't see what I'm trying to tell you or you don't get it doesn't mean that you know better than me right well, and there's a difference between like I don't like I'll work with somebody in regards to like if we're doing a specific exercise and they're telling me and they're yeah. having some sort of pain that's abnormal right. I'll trust their body and I'll say, okay, yeah. let's modify it and let's do something right. different. But if it's to the point where they're doing it every single time and they're, you know what I mean? It's like, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, you don't understand the difference between like abnormal joint pain mm-hmm. and like actual, the burning of your yeah. muscles that you get yeah, from like exercise. Like yeah. you just don't understand the difference. 
Right. Because they'll tell me I'm having pain. Like, so um, one of the common ones I'll get, I'm having pain in my shoulder when we're doing a shoulder exercise. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, is it up here? Like in your glenohumeral joint? And they're like, no, it's down here. I'm like, at the base of your deltoid? I was like, that's not joint pain. That's the base of your deltoid. That's, <laughs> that's the insertion that's, point of a muscle. Yeah. That's like, your muscle. That's where <laughs> that's where your muscle's tensioning for yeah. the lift. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't really worry about that. I think you're okay. Yeah. But just silly stuff like that. Yeah, no, and that's not even, uh, like, really what, what I, I meant, like, when people are are concerned with, like, the actual, the actual workout and, and being right. like, what's the result going to be and what I'm trying to do? And it's like, like you were saying about, um, like what you were saying about being like, you know, you can't just get rid of fat on your neck. You're going right. to have to get rid of fat everywhere for your neck to get skinnier. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. It's like, if you knew I was going to say that, why, why do you, you do think it? that you're going to find a different that, answer than it's, that? Yeah, and it's, mo- I, it's moments like I'm that. I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you how to get the result you want. Well, yeah, and it's moments like that when I get to a point where I'm like, I don't know if I want to do this shit anymore. Yeah, because I'm tired of fucking having those conversations with people. Yeah. I don't. I. I've. You would think that I would develop more patience for it, but I've developed less. All I don't I, have any time for bullshit. All, all and, I'm saying is, um, maybe, I get. I get that, but you're just gonna be dealing with a lot more bullshit if you're waiting. Yeah, it's, it'll be bullshit. <laughs> no, I know. I'm not gonna stop doing it. Yeah. It'll be bullshit anywhere. Yeah. Um, but I have started to shift gears in my training to mm-hmm. where. I just don't – I make it very obvious from the second that mm-hmm. they do it that I'm just not tolerating it. Right. Not that I won't – like, I'll acknowledge it, but just briefly, and I'll basically make it short and sweet and tell them, no, that's stupid. Let's yeah. move along. You right. Know? Whereas when I first started I training – give you a full, you know, explanation <laughs> yeah. that's going to detail- Exactly. Whereas when yeah. I first started training, I would. I was more sensitive to that, and I would sit there. But then you start to realize that it's not – it's not – ignorance on that person's part it's them trying to fish for the answer they want i i do in my particular area of uh of training have the advantage of when i'm working with somebody and they go like oh what if i wanted to do this or like if they do that kind of like you know back talk me in something i can just really quickly demonstrate to them why not yeah, to exactly like, i could just be like okay move there bam all right now let's get back to what i, I was telling that. you to do Maybe every time a client makes me mad i just roundhouse them <laughs> and i go because that's that, what i do that's and that's because, what, what works because that's what's gonna happen <laughs> if you don't if you don't straighten out <laughs> your back you that, that would be yeah pretty useful yeah no it's just a quick little thing you could just like like in this situation you need to you know you need to keep your hands up because when you move this way bam they go like oh yeah okay i don't want that to happen it's like i was just telling somebody the other day uh when it comes to personal training people want your advice until they don't (laughs) i totally can understand that (laughs) yeah that's really exactly what it is there's a large amount of it that is um part of it is just the fact they want to do it because they want to do it they want to have beginning personal training right it doesn't really have to do with them wanting to get the results or wanting you know it's not about them wanting to push themselves and there's a what is the there's a status factor to it right it's like oh i'm going to see my trainer 
Yeah. You can talk yeah. to their talk to their friends later and be like, yeah, so I was with my trainer today. You may have heard of him, Matt Lovato. He's, <laughs> he's very prominent in this area. He's, he's got a, he's got over a hundred students. <laughs> yeah, no, that is. There's definitely people that do that. They just want to feel like they, yeah, you know, are doing something. And you know, more power to them as long as their check clears. You know, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, you got to keep yourself busy. So. Well, I mean, it's a business like anything else. We all got to make money, but at the same time, it's it's good that we have. Uh, that we're able to do that with things that we're passionate about, you know? Yeah. Um, there's going to be highs and lows like this. You're going to have times when you're just dealing with a lot of bullshit. And yeah. then there's going to be, there's going to be times when it's the opposite, when shit is going really, really well. Things you're going to see your, your, uh, clients and students flourishing yeah. and growing. And you're going to see those, those things that made you really get into this in the first place are yeah. going to spark up and, you know, it comes and goes and yeah that's pretty much anything i mean yeah. when it comes to life i think people assume that there's this final destination you get right. to where you're just permanently happy and you're like oh yeah i got this shit figured out yeah and, if and it's you, like it never that doesn't even exist yeah. no that's the not sick thing. thing the sick thing about it is if you ever got to that You'd be more depressed than fucking anything. Your life would be over. You'd just be like, like oh, I'm all out of so things to want to do. I'm going to use this to segue into, uh, <laughs> and I don't know if you've been, wa have you been watching Watchmen? I did. I actually just got caught up today. Okay. So I'm going to segue this into Adrian V, uh, Ozymandias. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Actually. Yeah, that's a really, yeah. And he fucking hates it. Yeah. He thought he's he was like, going to love it. Like, and he's like, this is this fucking is my, awful. He's this like, is this, hell. Yeah, he's he and he fucking when he's talking to Doctor Manhattan, he's like, he's like, will I ever see my utopia? He's like, you will. Yeah, but not here. And he stands <laughs> in there, and it's like I feel like that's one of my favorite aspects of well, the show. Actually, that that is a really good quote that he has uh, to to uh, to relate to this this philosophy that we're talking about right now. Right at the end of the show, when he says, um, "What does he say?" He says something like. Uh, says what's wrong with heaven or why is heaven not good enough for you right. he's like because yeah. um because heaven doesn't need me right like it yeah. was like damn yeah that kind of says it right there dude that you know so i was talking to my brother about the show the other day jeremy irons is a fantastic dude, ozymandias he's like he's perfect. so perfect he was born to play that role yeah. and i love how they've turned ozymandias they made what, him really theatrical what, and kind of silly what, like yeah they made him silly and what was really smart about that though I think that's the thing I like so much about, and it's no secret there that I already have a massive heart on for Watchmen, so I was kind of destined well, you have the, to like uh, this series. You have the the clock, right? Tattooed yeah. somewhere. Yeah, on my forearm. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I was, you know, but I've I've been so fucking impressed with this show because at first I was kind of like I didn't like it at first. Yeah, at first I, was, well, I, 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 I thought it was here's here's what I didn't like about it at first. I was kind of like put off by the the overpowering racist yeah, it, tones. It that, felt like, like they were definitely, like, I thought it was going to be like, like one of these, um, man, they're really social justice, social justice warrior like TV shows, fucking... but there was a turning point for me. And like, I, I was kind of, there was as, even when they were doing that though, there was aspects of it that I still liked. Like mm -hmm. the score, dude, Trent Reznor just fucking kills it. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds like it's right out of like a John Carpenter. Movie oh yeah. 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 Like it's great. A, the score is great. And I yeah. like the design of all the characters, the cinematography. I kind of here. The other thing I didn't really get into is like, I wasn't really like gripped by 
the masks in it. The, oh, the, the masks. The, the, the yeah. people who are wearing the masks that are kind of like the special. No, they're they're like, not guys. as they're, uh, they're not they, they're not they, engaging. No, they're, they didn't go as hard on the. Uh, it's it's definitely. I've told people who who've asked about it. I'm like it's not a superhero show. Yeah, they did not go hard on the superhero aspect no. of it at all. Though the uh, the episode the that went to uh, the original what's his name uh, Mass Justice or what is it the, the oh, Captain Metropolis no no, no oh Hooded yeah. Justice Hooded Justice that's yeah. it that episode was fucking dope okay dude. so dude like... so for you guys for those of you that have watching it have been watching it you know what we're talking about for those of you that yeah. haven't um, but there's like a turning point for me I don't know I was kind of into it the first few episodes yeah. but I didn't love it. Right. But then there's a there was like a turning point in this show where I went from kind of liking it to fucking just loving yeah. it. Yeah. And it like the last couple episodes yeah. have like turned it's fucking sure. gotten crazy. Yeah. It's it's one of the fucking craziest shows I've ever seen. Like first of all, it's fucking it's uh when Dr. Manhattan finally comes back and mm-hmm. like you start seeing all that and she all when she hammers the fucking yeah. thing out of his head yeah. and like it's just like what the yeah, what fuck the is fuck going is go- on what is this it goes so off the rails yeah. but it stays but that's what i like it stays so true to the source material right. because it's not afraid to and the thing about the the race thing again is something that i didn't really care for that much at first i ended up really enjoying like when she takes the pill where she gets her grandfather's, her grandfather's memories and you actually episode, go back yeah. and see it because they did it in a way where it wasn't just shoehorned in there right. just to have it there. They made it's it, an integral part of yeah, the story they made that it, needed they, to be there. Exactly. They made it relevant later right. on in the story. The whole the whole attachment to the the race. Right. The, and, and and I don't mind that they did that because if you go back and read the original Watchmen, there's like no black characters in there. I thought kid, it was a, there's the, one kid, yeah. the black kid mm-hmm. at the newsstand. But there's no other black characters. And I thought it was so clever that they went back in and like re altered the history to create this mm-hmm. whole new kind of like hidden narrative like they did such a good job of building on the mythology but not relying on it right you know not feeling they like definitely you... did their own thing with it also uh do you think it's funny that we were talking about this like on a podcast, like yeah. one of our first podcasts? We were talking yeah. about how the Watchmen, how Watchmen would have been better suited as like a short series, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's like a mini series. They went, or something. And they went ahead and did that, but Dude, they just did it's... it. They didn't do it based on the comic. They just did it in the universe of the comic, right? Like, yeah. Once and, again, uh, we predicted the future. Dude, it's just a real fucking gnarly. It's a. <laughs> Yeah, that episode was good, and then yeah, the last four episodes have just been like pretty incredible. really interesting. Yeah, um, that episode in particular, also starring the um, the 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 killer from the first season of uh, True Detective. Oh, uh, the what's spaghetti his face? monster? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember that actor's name. He was in Barry as well. Yeah, and he was in um, Joker. Yeah, he, he was, was in Joker. Joker. That guy's amazing. He's, He's really, really good. Really good. And I, but I still actor. haven't seen him perform better than he did on True Detective. No, that was no, a, was... that that was a masterful performance. He, pretty, did you watch Barry? He's with, really uh, funny with in Bill Barry. Hader, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, who was he on Barry? He's, he's the one of the Chechnians. Oh yeah, that's yeah, right. He's funny Dude, in that show. Also, the the other guy, I can't the, remember the, the guy without the brows. Yeah, we that talked guy about is him too. Fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's fucking. He he's just awesome. wants to be Barry's friend. He's yeah, 
Yeah, that guy's so good. He yeah. Yeah, he's actually he was born like that too. He With doesn't no do eyebrows? that for the show. Yeah, he's got. A- A disease where he can't grow hair that's fantastic i love that hairless, he was uh he was he was on uh gotham he was uh victor saz, saz. Oh, that's per- yeah he was is that the, who is that he's uh that, that guy he, no victor saz zaz is the guy who i can't pronounce his name it's really hard uh. <laughs> zaz he's the guy who um he was a mobster and he was a murderer and he when he killed people he would slice a tally mark in his skin so he had tallies all over his entire body Mm, so he was just basically that was like his thing he was just like a he was like a psycho killer but on the show they made him like this really super skilled like lethal enforcer guy Mm. was kind of like a sociopath whose like loyalty was kind of for hire right um he was an interesting character on the show kind of really different from his comic book character his comic book character was like almost irrelevant he was right. just sort of a creepy character in in the batman series but how did you feel about uh, i don't think i ever even talked to you about joker i loved it man i really there, liked it I, thought, I was torn because there was part the there was parts that i really did love right uh there was aspects of the movie that i thought were like five star like yeah. brilliant and then there was other parts that i didn't but I was kind of down the middle. I thought uh, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was really good. Yeah. I liked how they they didn't emulate a uh, they didn't emulate a version of the Joker, but they pulled details from different comics, different mm-hmm. stories, and then they kind of like articulated their own based off of several well, uh, different ones. And they, um, uh, I didn't like. <laughs> I didn't like how they just for no reason made his suit another color. One of the most iconic visual reference points of the Joker is that his he has a purple, purple suit, suit purple and, and they just were like, like we're just going to go ahead and make it red. Why not? Yeah, I don't know why they did that. Yeah. Um, he it, It's funny, too, because there was a lot of people who were comparing it to, like, who was better, him or Heath Ledger? It's and totally like, different. It's, it, was, it's, it was apples yeah, and oranges. It, it was, like, and that's exactly what I said. I was like really in a lot of ways Heath Ledger is like his Joker is like the antithesis to that Joker they're mm-hmm. two complete opposites right. like Heath Ledger's Joker is this like he's crazy but he's insanely confident yeah. charismatic right he's he gets shit, he's a guy who gets shit done this Joker was a he became Joker almost by accident yeah like it's exactly like he, yeah it's there's they couldn't be more different he had no intention of becoming this the leader of this movement right but I really enjoyed how uh, psychological the movie was how he fell into his glory mm-hmm. it was of of actually becoming the Joker on accident when he was looking for glory as a comedian as someone who like brought joy and just because the timing was perfect with the civil unrest in society right, right. everybody was like you know miserable and then he just happened to kill the like right, right guy people. right yeah. place right time and it turned thing. into this big movement and he yeah. became praised and deified 
And that is a good, you know what, that is a good aspect of the movie that I had never really even thought about too much is the fact that, yeah, that's a real kind of subtle way of like, it's almost like a commentary. Yeah, Yeah, because most of the time in real life, like people don't just wake up. A lot of stuff does just happen by circumstance and accident. Like you're just the right guy in the right place at the right time. Yeah. So that is good. And, uh. And I, I liked how the feel of the movie was way... It wasn't a comic book movie at no, all. No, no, no. It, it was it, more like a yeah, psychological yeah. It was, thriller slash almost horror in certain I, parts. I felt like it was like a serial killer movie. Yeah, like it wasn't, that's how it felt it, like. It wasn't quite like a horror movie. It was like a psychological yeah. kind of like drama. Because it, it makes a, you uncomfortable. Yeah. When you oh, get done yeah. with it, you, you're in a, just a weird mood. I've already watched it a couple times. I yeah. mean, I, I totally like... I liked it a lot. Um so so the things i really liked about it is um the cinematography was really good excellent yeah like beautiful color palette i liked the way that they did that the score was really good the music like just perfectly like you could almost do that movie with no dialogue mm-hmm. and still understand what's happening right. like it's brilliantly like mm-hmm. storyboarded and told mm-hmm. um my only qualms about it would be it's almost in a way not even a Joker movie. Right. It's a different character altogether in the traditional sense of the Joker, which in itself could be analyzed and broken down and people could say, well, there's like a billion different versions mm-hmm. of the Joker and this is just another one. True. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, and then the other thing is I just felt like with Todd Phillips, the director I almost feel like if they would have gotten somebody else to do, I just, I just felt like there was this, I just, for me, there was like a certain ceiling that it didn't quite like, it could have been like a, a a plus movie for me, but it wasn't for some reason. And I don't even know what it was. There, there was a, I kind of get what you're talking about there. There was a certain like level of dissatisfaction. There was something, you know, the, the cherry didn't quite pop on it. Yes. But, and I don't know. I can't put my finger on it either. There's just something that I was like, yeah, be- I was waiting for that I didn't get. Right. Because like, it wasn't like I didn't like it. I did like it. I pretty yeah. much enjoyed most of it. But there was a certain level of enjoyment that I just couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't walk out of it going. Right. That really fucking blew my mind. Right. I was surprised at a lot of the choices and I did enjoy a lot of the choices. But I just wasn't like it didn't reach that next fucking level for me i can i guess totally can see that and i kind of got the same thing um i i did feel like i could i could see the way you're talking about how it didn't really feel like a joker movie because it really didn't it didn't quite have that um animated level like there was i feel like there was too much time spent in the movie without him becoming the joker yeah like maybe. where he was where yeah. he was just this depressing like sad guy i think i i think they did really well with um incorporating his delusions without making them too obvious yeah like like it kind of really seemed like he was with that girl <laughs> spoiler but like, you know but did, <laughs> but did you were you surprised because i actually that was one of the okay that was actually one of the things that i critiqued about it in my review was that Ari? So, and I can't speak just for everybody with yeah. this, but I watched it with my wife, and she was genuinely surprised by that. She didn't see that coming, and I'm not trying to sound like a Mister. Oh, I, I saw that, but I did see that aspect coming. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that it was not, not completely that it, unpredictable. I just thought that they did it well. Like, right? They, no, they, I, they I think so too. Well. Yeah, like, 
But I just, I, I just, I don't know why I kind of knew that was going to happen. I think it was just because, uh, well, they, they kinda, he was very they, clearly they, having a psychotic yeah, breakdown. They, they hint it to you in the very beginning. Yeah. There was they some show how he's like, has delusions, how right. like, he goes to these places and then he comes out of it and he's like, Oh, all right. Right. Uh, I do like that. He was just, he was not necessarily a bad guy, but he was just really unhinged. He was like yeah. very ch- <laughs> Well, you know what? The whole movie kind of teetered on this. So you know the scene in Drive where he walks into the elevator and he <laughs> stomps that guy's head like a pumpkin? Of course. And then he I turns forget. around and kisses Irene. And you can't quite tell. if it, you Even till this day, they never really tell you. You don't know if that happened yeah, or right, not. Yeah, right, right. A lot of moments in The Joker felt like that scene. Right. Where you're like not quite sure what's reality. So oh, so that's what okay, that's what bothered me. Is that the I would have preferred. It was very parallel in that sense because that came right from him killing those guys yeah. to go him going. But yeah. but here's what I would have preferred. This was a complaint I had when we left. There was a, 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 a there was a scene at the end of the movie where after that they go back through and reveal all of the moments that he had imagined. You don't remember that? Like there's a scene where. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a montage. No, or? it's not a postcard. It's part of the movie, but it's a montage oh, yeah. where he goes back and it's like, it t- basically shows you, oh, he imagined this. He mm. imagined this. This okay. didn't happen. I hated that they did that. Okay. Yeah. Because why would you assume that the audience is too dumb yeah, to put like that, that together? All you needed to do was he walks up to the door. She doesn't know who he is. And then it, most people are going to be smart enough to figure that out for themselves. And if right. they're not, they're retarded. But. Um, I didn't like that. I don't like when movies automatically assume, and maybe they had a different reason, reason yeah, so for doing it. you're talking about when it's just showing her disappearing. It's like showing her, him, it, her not being there on all those scenes, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, where he's kind of going through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's didn't like, like that they did that because it's... it's, it's it kind of cheapened the... It the, cheapened it big time yeah, for it me. It cheapened that scene where he's yeah, sitting there in the room. Because it's powerful enough for him to walk up and her not to recognize well, him. Being, you already know what that he means. Was, he was sitting on her couch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like and she's like, oh... Well, and it's Arthur, like, right? <laughs> exactly. And so you already know what that means. Yeah. And it's way creepier when you have to sit there and linger on everything and be like, what go I, back and go, oh, was this, what, maybe that was real. Maybe that, that wasn't. What, like, what I really like about that scene, and I, I talked about this with my sister, because mm-hmm. she she asked the question, and I was wondering this myself, but she, she asked me out loud. She was like, did he kill her? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, and that's, yeah, you're yeah. not, you didn't, you never find out. Like, right. And he yeah. probably did. Maybe yeah. he didn't. But, but like, to see, but that's the, that's the thing that I think that's so lost yeah. on, in, in movies today, regardless. They always, they feel like They've they need to tell explain you. everything. Tell you. They insult the audience's intelligence and you, or the audience's creativity. Like the, yeah. the part, the thing that's really cool about that scene is like, Everyone who watched it got a different experience from that because, right. like, half the people are watching going, like, holy shit, he just killed her. Right. And then half the people are, you know, saying, well, like, oh, he just, like, lost it and ran away. Well, if you like, think about some of the greatest, you know, aspects of, like, classic stories, mm-hmm. a lot of them just revolve around mystery, not right. knowing. Like, why do people love you know tales like db cooper or like just mystery like Mm -hmm. real life mysteries or jimmy hoffa or people love that shit because they want just a little bit of that element of the unknown because um as colin farrell once said science has stolen our uh science has stolen most of our attachment to the to the uh mystical world 
Yeah, that it's true, we, though. When we know too much, there's nothing left to believe in. Yeah. When there's mystery then that we can't explain, then we can then we can believe in something beyond what we can you know right. what we can touch what we can control yeah we want to believe in something divine that's beyond our our power to comprehend yeah it's 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 funny how it that provides most people with a certain sense of comfort that there's something right. beyond you know i mean that's is just essentially what religion sprouts from right right it's like people want to know that there's something beyond whatever this People existence is. People want to know is. that there's a reason for them not to stab each other in the face. <laughs> well, do you ever have this? There's this weird thing that happens to me, and this probably happens to everybody, but every once in a while I'll just be laying in bed at night. It'll be like one in the morning. I'll be on the verge of falling asleep, and then I'll just stop and I'll think, this is going to end. You're going to fucking die one day. Mm -hmm. What's that going to be like? And then it gives me extreme discomfort. And then it sure. kind of wakes me up a little bit. And then it like takes me a while to kind of shake off that uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. And then it eventually goes away and I go back to sleep. But that's like the worst feeling. It's weird. Though. I would love to be cool and sit here and go, I don't give a fuck about death, man. That shit don't scare me. We, all gotta, we all got to go sometime, but it it's scares that, the fuck out of me. It's weird that I sit on the other side of that spectrum and I think to myself, <laughs> this is all going to end one day. And I can't wait <laughs> well some days like, i feel it's like it's gonna be too. like it's gonna be like getting off work finally yeah yeah no, <laughs> i just don't I have to get I, i've had that conversation with people where yeah. they're like well what happens when you die man that that sounds depressing you just go in the dirt and i'm like i don't know dude naps feel pretty fucking good and <laughs> I was just taking a permanent no, one doesn't I've, sound yeah, that bad i've said that before to people i'm like afterlife that sounds exhausting. That does sound. I awful. go. Th I go through this whole life, and I have to go through another one. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not like not to yeah. mention your brain can't even process the idea no. of infinity, dude. Right? <laughs> like I can't even. Like I. Well, you can't... know what's really weird is the the opposite Ugh. of that. Your brain can't even process the idea of nothing. Right. If you try to imagine nothing, you imagine black or you imagine white. But right. Those are all things. Yeah. You can't even comprehend what nothing is. Yeah. We're incapable of it. Yeah. And if you say that you're not, or that you say that you are, you're a fucking liar. For sure. Come at me. The Comment. Cl the closest thing <laughs> I can, like, the only thing I could even compare it to is, like, maybe when I had, like, seizures. Like, your brain short wires. Yeah. But even that is not nothing. That yeah. is that is all, like, when you have a seizure, it feels like you're in a dream. And your brain right. is just short-circuiting, and all your neurons are crossed and fried. And, like, even though you've only been out for, like, four or five minutes you feel like you've been out for hours right and it's like the i've weirdest. never had a seizure before i can't yeah i can't relate if but. you've bla well i mean if you've blacked out or got a, oh, it's kind of oh, similar to that <laughs> it's similar or if you got a concussion yeah. it's similar to that like because it feel time just it's mm -hmm. it it's it's different i don't I've know definitely had, I've definitely freezes. had definitely had my share of concussions i've been choked out i've blacked out drinking and uh yeah Yep. It's like you you lose time or things or time 
you know, slows down. It kind of goes either way. Yeah. Um, I know when I get choked out, uh, that's a really different one because that always sends me into like a dream state. Right. That And that's what a seizure feels like. I mean, you're essentially in a dream state because yeah. you've got people standing over you all like, hey, wake up, wake up. And you're like, you can't, yeah. you see the faces, but you don't see the bodies and you hear the voices, mm-hmm. but you're not. And then you come out of it and you don't even like, I remember the first one I had, I came out. And I didn't even know who my mom was. Right. It took me like 20 minutes to get my memory back. Right. That was like the scariest feeling. Dude, yeah, it was crazy. the scariest feeling because I remember I was looking right at my mom and I couldn't remember her name. I couldn't right. remember what, couldn't remember my name. what year it was that kind of happened to me with a concussion one time like i i um like you see it in uh in the after um in the uh the interview after my first pro fight i took so many so many hard overhand rights and i'm looking at my coach and i couldn't fucking think of his name like i was like trying to i was trying to thank my coach and i was like i was i was pulling my fucking on stage tricks like mm-hmm. just keeping myself talking to try, right. to, to try to like buy myself some time to well, think of his name like, but well, then I like I was I was like Mike well right Mike. But, but then you cou- <laughs> like, then you couple that with okay you get a concussion but then you couple that with the, the surrealism of standing in front of a group of people yeah. with your shirt off and the adrenaline of having just fought yeah. somebody i mean the whole thing is like even it's with, wild i mean it, it yeah. was it was a lot but yeah i think like more than anything it was the fucking concussion, the con- concussion i got yeah. i got hit so hard in that fight so many times and when the adrenaline wore off yeah my head was fucking yeah. swimming for for like a couple weeks my head was messed up i've had a few fights where that happened actually where like i just got like creamed so hard that i my fucking head was like a mess for a while um, the Bellator fight that was a good one because I yeah. I got hit really hard a couple times in that fight. Um, the uh, well, the worst one was the uh, state championship fight. That's what I was gonna Herrera. say. That was the one I remember because that dude, one was like that was one of the few where you really actually got flashed. Like yeah, you well, like that, dropped pretty dude, much, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, and then you came back to Joey Davis uh, dropped me. He he flashed. But his me, was but, more like, of a that the Joey Davis one was like. He kind of pushed you back too, though, right? He, well, he caught me at an angle. The angle he caught me at was, um, he hit me on the jaw, like right, he, he right, right. No, he dropped me legit. But also the 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 angle of his force was was projected towards between my legs, right? You know, like that was the direction it was going. So I didn't have a leg behind where he was, right? Where the energy was. And the, the Herrera so. guy, that was more of like a short like hook that Dude, just, that you just went he, like this. He just snapped of. my jaw. Like right. yeah, that that was just a nice round punch that just curved my jaw and mm-hmm. short circuited my brain. I went right. I went out there and uh, that, isn't that you know what's crazy about that though is that happens and then. But you still went into like autopilot yeah. and ended up arm barring him. Like your body just knew yeah. what to do. You know? I'm, a, I'm an excellent fighter. That's 
I mean, it's like, uh. it's crazy to think, though, that you can, you know, train those neurological yeah. pathways so frequently that even when you're rattled, yeah. like your body is still going to react and do it. Well, I remember, and I remember in that fight, when I got out of the cage, I asked my corner, I was like, I was like, did he knock me down or take me down? And they were like, he knocked you down. <laughs> yeah. Dude, and you don't even, yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. It's a, uh, and it is weird too, how, like how just how I mean, obviously, like my basis for comparison is so much smaller, but like I don't even remember my. Uh... You spent a good amount of time in the cage, though. You got you got a good uh, like your first fight. That was a three rounder. Like a lot of yeah. people don't get. But dude, that much I don't time. remember any of it. Like it's weird. Really, like, I kind of vaguely do, but like in between rounds, like talking to you and Tony, I remember mm-hmm. none of that. None of that. Really? Yeah, I don't remember I... any of it. I don't remember the advice you guys gave me. I, w- I think I was, I think my mind was so like, it was so surreal. <laughs> it was, what it was, was a, it happening. It was a wild experience. Cause I was like, that was all of our first time, like being right. in there. That yeah, was yeah. All, like, all of us. Like I'd never cornered a fight before. You right. Were, you're my first person doing that. Since then I've done so many, I've cornered so many yeah. people. I've had a shit ton of fights. So that is crazy like, to think about like two months before that we were literally just like in a backyard mm-hmm. hitting pads. And then it's like, holy shit, we're fucking fighting now. We're doing this. this. Crazy. <laughs> Dude, that was um, such a cool, like, that's actually like, I'm, I'm sure we've talked about it on the podcast where that is a cool story though. I tell people about it all the time. Like, it is, it's a trip, the, right? Yeah, dude. It's yeah. a, it's a weird thing. Like with the whole, um, the, uh, the, the CFS, uh, tryout that they were doing yeah. at, at paragon yeah so for and, or was it hitman back then or was it paragon? no it was paragon back <laughs> yeah. then um yeah they yeah. were for those of you guys that don't this would have been in like what 2009 2009 because i i had my first fight in 2010 okay yeah yeah and this was still this was like, like the end of 2009 yeah because it was in november i think yeah and this <clears> was like still during the big like initial kind of like mma boom this is when when, mma wasn't like super mainstream but it was getting traction so it's like this is when we would go to school and a lot of people would be like yeah i do mma and there was a lot of people training back then like there was like a lot of um so yeah we had heard about this tryout thing that they were doing and little did we know at the time like it's basically just a it's a way for them to put on a fight card Right. Like, you that feel was... really special when they give you a call back, but yeah. really, they're just trying to feel... Right. They probably they, called everybody. Yeah, they literally probably called everybody there. <laughs> and, but... but, to be fair, um, there were some dudes at that tryout that just had no business even Dude. thinking about getting in a cage. And we... We didn't know that. Though. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Is like we were saying. We, we were just training in the backyard. We didn't know that we knew what we knew. We didn't know that we were as advanced as we were until we got some actual comparison with these right. other people who were like coming from some of them were coming from some fight schools uh some of them were just like these garage trained dudes and like right i, I kind of grew up around like going to some some garages where there were like some pro fighters that basically they had a little setup at, at their house and we go train with them and then i mean back then there was no amateur league no this was the this was the origin of uh, of of camo the california amateur mixed martial arts league so mm-hmm. before that there was only smokers and there were pro fights right and there were there was a really low bar for what started pro fighters so there'd be all these guys who were just like these rugged dudes who'd been yeah. doing martial arts and they go to these fucking indian casinos get 200 bucks and go like right. you know so you know I'd, I'd seen a lot of those guys and i was thinking we were going to be like in there yeah with them 
and that was and, not the case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was a few other guys in there that we knew who, you know, yeah. like like McConaughey was in yeah. there and Anthony DeCurris. And, yeah. You know, there were some guys that we knew in there of, and, you know, that was pretty obvious. And there, there, were, some, but, there were some really good, like, high school wrestlers that right. we knew, too. That, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And, yeah, uh, but then there were some other people who were just, I mean, for lack of a better term, just, like, feeble. Yeah. They, <laughs> I mean, they didn't even have, had zero, I mean, not to sound like an good, asshole. No, that's a good word But they had it. zero physical prowess. I mean, they couldn't even throw a fucking, uh, a low kick to yeah. save their lives. And it's like, dude, you're opening yourself up for this? What are you yeah. thinking? And you don't, and, like, you're Damn. putting yourself out there. Like, you're look like, that was a, what, what, from what we understood, that was a tryout for a contract to fight for right. money. Yeah. And there was never any contract. There was never offered. any contract. <laughs> nobody was actually a total no, lie. Yeah, nobody got the contract. There was no contract. <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck was that? And nobody I don't know. got a goddamn but that, contract. But what that was is so weird how they did uh, that because what that was was that was that was after that the first camo card was right. uh, opened up and I believe I don't know if it was the very first. I, I think it was the one Santa in Santa Maria. Maria. Yeah. That was the first the camo you, the event one you fought ever. On, I believe was the first camo event ever. Um, what's his name? The guy who the guy who was running camo. Uh, Jeremy something. Jeremy. Or was it Anthony? Was Anthony? Or no, no, no. Anthony he ran Real the was uh, the Santa Barbara. Yeah, deal. He he ran the California Fight Syndicate, which yeah, was the promotion yeah, yeah. that this fight was held under. Right. Um. But the guy who uh, I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Uh, he was one of the guys who who was uh, in charge of Camo, one of the okay. officials who like I think he was one of the CEOs. Uh-huh. But he, I remember him saying something like at the weigh-ins about what, the weigh-ins were at Stinkies, right? Yeah, they were at Stinkies yeah. Grill. Yeah, and, uh, and people so, were like in you guys. This he was, was he so was saying, he people was, were inside eating yeah. their food and yeah. we're out there fucking taking our shirts off doing a goddamn weigh-in. Yeah. And uh, and I rem- I remember him saying something about like he's like this is history because this is the first ever you know that's right yeah. I totally forgot about that so yeah wow yeah it was I big completely huh? forgot about that so all these huh. little fucking you know scared shitless little fucking baby deer fighters walking out there to their <laughs> like like they're walking out to their own execution walking out to the yeah. cage <laughs> they, yeah. they didn't know what the fuck they were in for it, it was it was yeah it was pretty old school in that regard because yeah, it's dude. not like you could this was even before youtube is maybe a couple years old at this point yeah so you couldn't really look up footage on the dude you were fighting either you had yeah, there no wasn't clue. gonna be much footage on anybody i mean there was anyway. no prep like, you had yeah. no clue what to expect you were just gonna fight and then whatever happened happened yeah basically yeah, exactly and we just didn't have the experience back then to really get ready for like we kind of no. did we we knew how to hit mitts and stuff and we knew how to like drill stuff we knew how to look up techniques and work on them but we didn't have a school no we didn't have we didn't have instructors who knew what they were doing we were just uh-huh. kind of figuring it out as we went along yeah and it was pretty raw and savage and pretty cool <laughs> yeah no i yeah i'm i always will tell people i'm so happy that i did that like, yeah because I never like thought I was gonna go pro, but I'm happy I did it because it's like a life. It's a yeah. valuable life experience. Yeah, and, that, and was it's, a, that that first fight was a great fight. That was like one of like it was fun. for a long time. That was one of the better camo fights right. that had happened. Like, yeah, a lot of a lot of skill and a lot of technique was shown in those fights. Yeah, in the, in that fight, and it was like, I mean, you see a lot of shitty amateur fights. You still yeah. do. Yeah, no, it's especially a, you know where they you get the worst ones out of the south. Hmm. 
Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> there's no. some bad. They're always wearing basketball shorts. Yeah, like and the, shin uh, pads, and yeah, just, you get some bad there's ones. Some out of ghetto the ass amateur fights, and I'm talking about just in California here. Yeah, no, like, California is definitely a higher standard. Um, we well, there's there's a lot more schools out here. It's taken a lot more serious. This yeah. is just kind of like an area. Where it's always I, been like the mecca for for MMA. Yeah, from the exactly. Um, but yeah. Fuck that's funny man that was a crazy crazy time yeah and then we got like i'm not even gonna get into the whole fucking the dojo thing up in buell that was a whole fucking, <laughs> yeah that would that we might just have to do a separate yeah, podcast that's on a, that. yeah we'll do we'll do a little we'll do a little history lesson <laughs> dojo podcast. retrospective yeah. the dojo retrospective that could uh, be the the yeah. title of of our shared autobiography yeah oh, <laughs> that was something else dude that was so fun though it was good old days it's uh you know I was just talking to Ariana about this because she was telling me about you know obviously talking about how much she enjoys doing kickboxing, and I told her I was like I've told her this many of times before but I'm like if there's any one life skill that everybody should have some even brief you know minute comprehension of it's fighting yeah you have to at least be able to fight some even if you don't kick somebody's some, ass some you got to be able to fight somebody yeah. off because you never know yeah. it's the most useful thing you could know yeah. how to do in a lot of ways and it's kind of like what the way i see it is it's not something that most people ever have to use in their life right and it's not something that like in a lot of ways it's not very real real world applicable because you won't have to use it in most normal right situations but it's kind of like the when you do need it, it's the most important thing it in is the entire most, fucking world. Exactly. Nothing is ever going to matter as much as that when yeah. it actually matters. And especially from the perspective if you're a female. Because right. I, there was some statistic that I read where they said like 95% of the time when women are attacked, if they get abducted or something, it's because they didn't resist. Right. Like right. they say the most whole... of the time if you resist and you fight back they'll actually just they'll this is yeah. too hard of a target yeah. I'm giving up especially and if you fucking if you know how yeah. to fight and yeah. if you know how to fucking throw an elbow or a punch yeah, or like a fucking if, you know if Ari throws if Ari's getting grabbed by somebody and she launches one of those left step through knees into their fucking liver that guy starts fucking puking it's right. going to be like well I'm going to grab someone else yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so that's a lesson to everybody out there. Um, I mean, uh, but it's just, it's, I can understand though why it's hard for the average <laughs> Joe who's, you know, they're going to, they're going to go into a practice and they're going to be like, fuck, I suck. Um, <laughs> and, right. No, that's, you, know, you got to eat some shit for quite a while before you show any sort of. That, that is hard to deal with, but it is, yeah. that is just kind of the deal. It's yeah. like, it's like learning a musical instrument or anything else. You suck for a long time before yeah. you get. A little better, but you still suck real bad. And I, then I, you suck a little well, bit I, less. <laughs> I think the, I think what's so hard for people to digest is the fact, like, okay, if you suck at there's a lot an of, instrument, yeah, there's a lot of you ego just dwell on that by yourself. Yeah. You're like, well, I suck today, but I guess I can do it again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're when you have another human being just subduing you, mm-hmm. and you know that that's but, a that's a type of uh, mental. But here's, uh, I, I get where you're getting with that, but here's the thing about it from the other side of that. Mm-hmm. All the experienced people who are subduing that. you and beating your ass and fucking, you know, overwhelming you, they're not seeing it that way. No. Because they've been through it and they know how it works. Yeah. They know what well, they're capable of because they, they work on it and they right. spend time honing it and developing it. 
and they've been on that other side of it and are probably still on that side of it from multiple people from other people yeah and uh you know you it's just something it's a it's a it's a baptism that you have to go through and it takes a long time yeah but <clears throat> i just kind of like before we get too far away from that that just reminded me of this really funny thing i heard on the joe rogan podcast and somebody was talking to him and they were like like it's cool that you do that jujitsu and everything it's not really like a like a real you know real world applicable skill and he was like he's like it's it's the most applicable skill he's like what are you talking about it's like why so because if you and i got in a fight i would strangle you to death (laughs) and you would die (laughs) and you would die yeah you know what's funny is that guy eric griffin from workaholics (laughs) that was the dude who was saying that i saw him um and he he immediately was like yeah you're right (laughs) yeah we saw him and uh we went to a comedy show in la at the laugh factory like uh maybe two months ago but it was like a feature where it had like 20 different comedians Mm -hmm. it was like a marathon stand-up and they would each do like 20 minutes yeah so it was like him brian callen harlan williams harlan williams is so fucking funny dude. is he he had me dying i've never seen him do like stand-up i had neither seen him on like rock i had neither (laughs) dude fuck he was he killed the audience i could see it though i could see he was so goddamn funny like he would just like he would do this thing where he kept like he would be in the middle of his monologue and then he would just randomly call somebody out in the audience and he'd be like, ma'am, can you please stop eating your food, please? And like, um, it started off with pretty mellow stuff, like, please stop eating, chewing so loud or, mm-hmm. and then he eventually like segued it into, ma'am, can you please stop for a moment and smash your face on the table? And then he would just go like right back into his monologue <laughs> and it's like, yeah, he just, I don't know. He killed. It was funny. Yeah. Brian Callen too. I'd seen him like twice before, but he's so fucking funny in person. Brian Callen's great. Speaking of which, uh, stand-up comedy. Have you seen the Brendan Schaub Netflix stand-up? No, I haven't. Is it not good? <sighs> Man, no. you know, I don't ever like hating on somebody just to hate and like, you oh, know, no. somebody who has the balls to, to really, you know, put themselves out there and do a stand-up special. I mean... But you're saying that his success is not merited. Whoever was in his ear telling him that it was a good idea, I don't know why they did. That would be Joe Rogan. I don't know why he did it. <laughs> it was. I mean, I'm not just hating, dude. It was one of the worst. It might be the worst stand-up I've ever seen in my life. Didn't laugh once. Not even like. It's just not funny at all. I mean, it's well, got like a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So. Like Brendan Schaub, I, I like him a lot on like podcasts and stuff. He's a good talker. He's kind of he's like funny in a really casual kind of way, but he doesn't have like that hard kind of punchline level humor that no. seems like he could be a stand up comedian. That's why I thought it was weird when he when, when he, he said, was like doing stand up comedy and everybody was saying like how good he's doing and he's like getting all kinds of attention. He's selling well, out and, places. And who knows? Maybe in person, you know, mm-hmm. it might be a totally different story because there's sure, some yeah. comics like. I could watch Joe Rogan's Netflix special, and I don't think it's that funny. Yeah. But I've seen him live four, like three times. Yeah. Hilarious. Loved right. it. So maybe in person, you know, right. he's really it's funny. A, it's but a just, dip, yeah, it's the, a different experience. The special was just, fuck, man. It was hard to watch. It was right. really rough. And I do I do actually feel the same with Joe Rogan. I've, I've, like, I've watched his like specials before, and I just kind of like his jokes don't really land for me. Yeah. But I, I think he's really funny when I listen to his podcast, like in yeah, a yeah. casual, D- conversational Joe way. Rogan, really to funny. me, has always worked better as a he's – he's always reminded me of like a Bill Hicks or a George Carlin. Yeah. Like George Carlin's one of my favorite comedians of all time. Mm-hmm. 
but he's never really made me laugh. Yeah. I just like his social commentary. Right. I like what he has. Like, if I could... Fuck, that's kind of... Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what Joe Rogan does. He has, like, a social commentary. Exactly. And, and if he I could... does it with a tone of humor. Exactly. But... It's, it's more like a, like a form of, like, spoken word yeah. or, like... And, you know, and it's funny. Like, with George Carlin, I was just thinking about him the other day. He might be the one human being who's ever lived that, like, I've... I agree with more shit that that guy said than just about anybody. Mm-hmm. He's like the true like common sense person. Yeah, you know, like literally everything no, he, he says. He breaks I'm like, shit yeah. down for sure. Yeah. Like yeah, and he knows how to guy. do it in a way where it's intelligent, but it's also easily uh-huh. easy to digest. I feel like uh, if any if any comedian ever wrote the book on how I live my life, that would be Stephen Wright. I don't even know. I'll have to write no, this he's down. Just, no, he's oh, just, he's, he just does absurd one-liners the whole oh, okay, time. So right. He says shit like, he's like, nothing's out of reach if your arms are long enough. <laughs> like, oh, I think I have heard that like, guy before. Yeah. Kind of like, a, who's another, like Anthony Jeselnik does that a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, kind of, you know, he's a lot like, um, he's a lot like the same same style as, uh, what's his name? The Mitch Hedberg? Mitch Hedberg, yeah. yeah. So that basically that, just a lot less heroin. Right. Not yeah, yeah. all the way less heroin. But yeah, much Mitch Hedberg, that. like, literally, I've, I've listened to him before, and, like, he literally sounds like he's about to, like, pass out oh, at yeah. any moment. At any moment. Yeah. He's 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 quickly losing consciousness at any point in time. Dude, have you seen Artie Lang lately? Uh, He's got no nose. I know. Yeah. But have you seen him, like, he started a new podcast. No, I heard it. Yeah, he's I, nine I, months sober. Yeah. I, Dude, I heard, he yeah, looks. He's, he's, like, doing good. I, this is going to sound so corny, but I've been watching Artie since, like, he was on Howard Stern. Oh, yeah. And when I was a teenager... So, you know, like 17 years old, I had Howard TV on uh, on demand. It was like 10, 12 bucks a month or something. So like, I feel like, you know how like same way people probably feel about like Joe Rogan now, they've been watching his mm-hmm. podcast for so long yeah. that you feel like you know them and oh, you yeah. like watch them evolve. And no, with Artie, Artie, yeah, Artie I would Lang. watch him on Stern, nodding out on heroin. He's going through his Coke phase, yeah. like everything, you know? He's and such it, a wild dude. Like yeah. he's such a crazy... But it, it, figure in our in our lives it like, is, right yeah. but it genuinely gave me such a warm fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. to see him like with his shit together yeah. and like all of his it was it made me realize it's like watching like, a family member get off yeah drugs or and something. i was like fuck like, dude i've it also made me realize i've never even seen what this guy is like when he's sober because mm-hmm. he's always been high yeah and it's like it was really nice to see I was right. like, wow. I always just assumed he was going to die one day. Yeah. And he made it out. <laughs> this so this was just going to come to a crashing halt at some point. And right. <laughs> that would well, be it. Hey, look. Obviously, nine months is still pretty fresh. So it could still... Oh, it could yeah. all go down the toilet at any moment. But it was a nice thing to see. Hey. One more, way, can you way say? Way to go. One, one, more, <laughs> one more good... One more good time, Artie one Lang. More, just yeah. making it through nine months of, of being human again. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's pretty wild. Um, when you spend that much of your life on drugs, it probably feels more like you're high when you're not high than when you are high. I bet it does. It's, yeah. I mean, you got to think of it. It's just altered states of consciousness. When you spend more time on drugs than not on drugs, then that becomes your normal. That's your right. baseline, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, let's hear it for Artie Lang. <laughs> wow. was beautiful a moment of <laughs> a moment of, of, of applause for Artie Lang acknowledgement uh, I love stand-up comedy man I fucking yeah. love stand-up comedy I keep like I think I've brought this up before but I've been like listening to him again there's this impressionist comic who's like one of my favorite fucking com- like comics 
and he is not famous at all. You, If you guys like impressionist comedy, you've got to look up James Adomian. This guy is fucking hilarious. Yeah, you've told me yeah. about him before, and you might have even showed me him. But yeah. um... He does this whole thing about, um, he does this whole, he has like a whole bit where he's doing uh, Gary Busey. Okay. And it's fantastic. All right, I'm going like, to have to look this up. Let me write this talk, down. Yeah, he's talking about like his, his absurd acronyms that he talks in. He's like, he's like, I just want y'all to understand that I'm a firm believer in rape, reaction against predatory enemies. Right? <laughs> James Adomian? Yeah, James Adomian. He's fucking solid. You'll you'll love this guy. You know, Especially you're an impressionist yourself, you know? I, a background um, in impressionism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember what impressions I even do anymore. Well, there's Christopher Walken. That was a classic. I uh, feel like my Christopher Walken has gotten really bad, though. I'm sure it's rusty. <laughs> it's it's not something that my Dinero is nothing itself. to be impressed about unless you actually see it in person because it's yeah. more the face. It's, it's more the face because <laughs> your face would like warp into the face of Robert De Niro is a, is a strange thing. Yeah. Um. I don't even know what other ones you do. That is really kind of your. Oh, I do a good much. Kermit. Mm-hmm. That's a secret one. Nobody even knows that I do I that. Except I've never Ariana. that. Um. I can do a really high pitch Kermit. Not bad. Where he talks about Miss Piggy. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't all you guys tell me what you think of my Kermit? I've had better. But, uh, <laughs> I've had better Kermits. Yeah. Um, you're, uh, what, what is the one I was thinking of right now? You kind of caught me off guard with the Kermit thing. <laughs> no, you're, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? You know who I'm talking about. Our boy. Uh, our boy, him. our boy. No, uh, what's his name? Fucking McConaughey. Oh, McConaughey. Yeah, because yeah, I did the the Carl Jr. one yeah, on here right. that one, yeah. <laughs> where he was talking about that ooey gooey. That <laughs> oh so good. The double western. <laughs> the double western. Yeah, please. And if you guys missed that episode, please go back and listen to the Matthew that McConaughey was... Carl Jr. commercial. Yeah. God, Go back and listen funny. to that episode. That episode was fucking funny. I think that was like our second episode. Yeah, that was so a good one. We we hit like a we hit like a stride on like our two, three, four episode range where we were having some like really funny conversations. Well, I think you were. <laughs> I know for at least a couple of those, you were pretty much fully drunk. Oh yeah, because I, I did that on <laughs> yeah. purpose. I was yeah. like, I want to see how this goes if I'm fucking schmammered. And I <laughs> started like I started drinking before drank during and continued yeah. to drink after. that was hard because those were afternoon podcasts yeah. so like and everybody knows that if you get drunk during the day you're like twice as drunk oh yeah day a good day drunk really takes it out of you yeah or puts it oh in yeah you, depending on how you like to party <laughs> depending, on <where> you're hanging <laughs> out. depending on if it's nightmare on elm street part right. one or two exactly <laughs> uh, man yeah well I am uh, out of material for now, unless you can think of anything specific you want to talk about. No, that, uh, that felt like a pretty, pretty natural. No, that kind was of a wind I, down. Yeah, there. I really, I really enjoyed this podcast. We kind of, yeah. we hit a lot of points. I don't even remember all the shit we talked about. This is like, this is, I had a really good time with it though. Yeah. Um, so, welcome back. This has been fun. Uh, get my social media, Bone Catron on Instagram. And uh, that's all that really matters because I don't really check any of my other social medias. Matt? Yeah, you could follow me uh, <laughs> at Matthew Paul Lovato mm-hmm. or at Core4 Santa Maria. That's my gym that I help run. Or uh, 
on uh, Pornhub.com. I just uploaded my uh, first mm-hmm. uh, solo uh, feature. Um, I enjoy uh, pleasuring myself frequently, and I figured, hey, why not? Why just not pick up throw some it extra on income? Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, what's what's wrong with helping a brother out? You know, yeah. show, some him out. Him, show some show support. Show some support. Show some support. Yeah, um, smash that like button. Smash. <laughs> Pound it. <laughs> if you if you are getting off to this, help him get off a little more yeah. often. Um, yeah, but you know, aside from all the Pornhub commentary, uh, if you are looking for some uh, some Muay Thai training, get on my DMs on Instagram. And if you're looking for abs or a less fat neck, hit up Matt. <laughs> Do it. Do it. All right. See you next time, guys. Happy twenty first.